It's time for Tycoons of Small Biz, spotlighting the true backbone of the American economy, the true tycoons of business in America, the owners, founders, and CEOs of small businesses. The show's hosts, Austin Peterson and Landon Mance, are registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. The views expressed by your hosts, Austin and Landon, are not necessarily the views of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Let's lean in as Austin and Landon connect with this week's Tycoons. Good afternoon, Tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. This happens to be Election Day, and I'm wearing a hat today for me that uh, means a couple of things. One, it says family over everything, and we're going to talk. We have a nonprofit in in studio today, and I'm excited to talk to them about what they do specifically for families and uh, survivors of brain injury. So I'll get into that in just a second. And then the other side is I believe that on Election Day, it should be country over party. And so I would say the same thing, that if you haven't gotten out there and voted, please get out there and vote. Vote your conscience. Do what uh, you think is best, but uh, put the country first over party. So thank you very much for being here. Again, I'm Austin Peterson and my co-host Landon Mance. We're excited to have Dina and Dina in studio today. We've got Dina Baldwin and Dina Shacknai with the Brain Injury Alliance. And then Dina Baldwin is also owner of Go Big. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what each of them are doing uh, on the advisory council of uh, the Brain Injury Alliance. So Dina and Dina, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited to have both of you. Uh, so Dina Baldwin is in studio. Dina Shacknai is in uh, the comforts of her own home in Scottsdale, I believe. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know, we're excited to have you guys on the on the program. And, and for our listeners, not that uh, anybody really cares, but I'm also on the advisory council of the Brain Injury Alliance of, of Arizona. And for me, it's a personal thing, and, I, and I'll allow both of you guys to, to kind of give your personal backgrounds and, and why you have decided to join the Advisory Council for Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona. But for me, um, I've talked a little bit about this on previous episodes, but I have a daughter that's 17 years old. Uh, in the past year, she's suffered four concussions on the dive team. Um, and so she ultimately ended up not diving uh, this year at all. She, she had those concussions during practices leading up to the dive season. She was a captain on the dive team and, and worked closely with the uh, the dive team this year, but did not compete mainly because we were too worried about uh, or her suffering worse concussions than she'd suffered to this point. In addition to that, uh, almost 20 years ago now, my wife had a stroke uh, that was caused by the birth by the estrogen in her birth control uh, pill, and she was only maybe 25 ish at the time. Um, so, you know, a stroke at that age is, is a pretty big deal and, and something that was very scary to a young couple uh, in between our first and second ch- children. And then uh, last but definitely not least, my younger brother was thrown from a car in a rollover accident and suffered traumatic brain injury. And he's suffered before and after that with addiction problems. And so when Carrie, uh, Carrie Collins, Fidel, I believe mm-hmm. is, is the new married name, invited me to be part of the advisory council. It was a, it was a no brainer for me. It was something that I could kind of hang my hat on and be uh, a proud supporter of, um, and get involved any way that, uh, that they saw fit. So Dina and Dina, I'm going to open it up to you guys. Let's go with Dina Shacknai first and, and maybe just, uh, give us a little bit of your history and how you came to be a part of, uh, the brain injury Alliance advisory council. 
Sure. Well, I think, Austin, um, what you said earlier about you said, if anybody cares, I think everybody cares that you're a member. And I think you bring three cases in point why it's so important that members of the community are aware of the Brain Alliance. And just as you described how brain injury has affected your life, I think it probably has affected many lives. And we hope to sort of, through this um, modality and through some of the other efforts, reach out to all of those people who would then sort of realize that we are a resource for so many people that would otherwise not have a place to turn. So I myself was um, recruited to uh, be on this advisory council um, through a uh, an event that the Brain Alliance actually held at Scott Palumbo's house and uh, went and talked to some of the people there and was pretty interested in what they were doing. I was friends with Dr. David Adelson, uh, he who invited me, and um, met some really interesting people and, and hadn't heard of it previous, prior to that time. So um, I started working with, uh, met Dina Baldwin, who is just um, a phenomenal woman. Uh, she's just, uh, she could pull a rabbit out of a hat like no one I've ever seen. So, uh, and there's some really, you know, very substantive people on the board. Um, we have a, a variable brain trust of uh, talent here, neurosurgeons, neurologists um, in, in Arizona. And um, I, so I think this is a very worthwhile organization. I also lost my son to um, a brain brain injury um, related uh, to an incident. So, you know, I personally have been affected as well. And and my mother has had had Alzheimer's and some uh, stroke issues. So in my personal uh, circle, I've also been affected like you, Austin. So I have every reason to be here. And also, I think in this time of COVID, for, for me, for everyone, brain health and learning how to sort of manage stress and, you know, um, is a really important piece because the brain is the CEO of our body. And so if we can do something to help ourselves and help others in this time, I think that's a pretty worthwhile uh, endeavor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My story goes back about 10 years. I started consulting my company, Go Big, um, started consulting with the Brain Injury Alliance, and we built a, an event called Bowling for Brain Injury. And it was hugely successful, but the stigma around brain injury, brain trauma, brain health was was huge. And in that 10 years, two of my daughters sustained several concussions. Just about three or four years ago, one doctor told my daughter that she thought she was faking it. He thought he told me that she thought she was faking it. And I thought, wow. I mean, because she kept repeating herself over and over and she had this huge, huge knot on her head and her eye was bruised. And 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 so I really just thought we haven't really gone anywhere since the 10 years prior when I was working with the organization as a state or as a country around this issue. And so we built the Brain Injury um, Alliance. It's called a Brain Health Advisory Council. And and that's where Dina uh, came on and, and several others. And we'll talk about that because that is really what we're using as a tool to reduce the stigma of brain injuries and brain trauma and really bring about the the topic around the table. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it I think there is definitely a stigma of, around mental health period in this mm-hmm. country and I think it's something that we're, you know, we're constantly working on. I think we're we're seeing it more often in the media than we have maybe uh, at any time in the past, right? I mean, there are some some fairly famous people who are starting to uh, be more vocal about you know what they deal with from a mental health standpoint and and how it's mm-hmm. how it's held them back, but how it's also been a, a source of power for them to to push their lives forward. So I I think we're we're making some progress, but we definitely have a really really long ways to go. 
So let's talk about the the council itself. I mean, you you two specifically have have done an, an awful lot, and I think uh, Dina's going to be doing a lot more. Dina Shacknai is going to be doing a lot more uh, in the future. But let's let's talk a little bit about what you guys are working on specifically to build a robust advisory council. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that um, when. Dina and I talk about it. It's something um, that really partnered with your um, podcast because small businesses can do this as well. It's um, bringing together a group of people who have a common goal, but usually would not work together typically. And um, you give them passport to speak into your company, to speak into your nonprofit. And it's amazing where that has taken us. And it's been a two-year journey so far. And we've built up the council to 33 members now. And we're starting to break out those members into pods so that they can have a specific focus either on sports or first responders or education. And um, I think that we're, that's where we're, we're kind of moving in the future. What do you think, Dina? So I think that's an excellent point. One of the things I thought we thought was really important was this idea of collaboration, right? With, with um, groups in the community. So business groups, philanthropic groups, um, in the medical community, and organizations that were already doing something brain-related and, and were experts in their field, but yet could, you know, utilize our services as sort of a point of service, um, you know, referral agency. So we've really tried to build on those relationships um, and not, you know, uh, duplicate of efforts, but instead kind of, you know, bring all this together and really be uh, a brain resource center um, for all things brain. And so when we thought of that, we thought, well, there's all these other organizations that are doing some great things. We want to bring them in. And then we want to sort of be useful, indispensable to those organizations. For example, there are certain organizations in town who specialize in particular uh, uh, brain issues. So if we are a referral source for them and we have given that, we have vetted that organization, we can then make that quick referral for uh, businesses, I think that many business owners are faced with employees who may suffer from depression, PTSD, stress, things like that. You know, if we can provide programs, which we'll talk about later, that can help reduce, minimize, alleviate that for business owners, for their employees, then we become useful for them. And so I think that's been our, our um, modus operandi is to try to figure out what is needed and how, where and how we can be useful. And as an aside, I think I, I didn't mention at the outset, I do have, I am a, a clinical a developmental psychologist. Um, so I've had um, quite a bit of experience in, with the brain and, you know, up close and personal uh, diagnostic and clinical experience with kids um, and teenagers with uh, various brain issues. But I think if we all sit here today and think, who's not interested in the brain? The answer is no one. I mean, everyone has a brain and everyone, essentially, that brain runs your entire life, your body. It's the CEO. And if there's something not right with the CEO, what happens to the company, right? Yeah. So I think that that's kind of how we've approached this. And yeah. the, collaborate, the collaboration with the existing organizations has been vital yeah. for us. And the advisory council for two years in a row, we just had one in September, the second one. We put on a brain health CEO leadership breakfast. And that's important because we really want to reach the CEOs and the the C-suite, basically, the leaders in our community, in our state, because that's who's going to help make change and make um, the progress we're looking at making. Yeah. And, and the collaboration with the medical community, I think, um, Dina, you've done a phenomenal job. I mean, I don't know if you want to just kind of talk about who we partnered with, who was really eager to partner with us, 
which was a phenomenal, you know, match made in heaven, so to speak. So yeah. Dr. Adelson from Phoenix Children's Hospital was with First Ones and 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 Dr. Kwasanika over at Barrows Neurological. She's also with Dignity Health. Uh, Dr. Reyes with the VA hospital. That was important for us because the veterans community is a huge audience that wasn't getting a lot of attention and a lot of support. Um, and then um, most recently we have um, Bear, our Mayo Clinic, which is um, really good to get Dr. Dodik involved and, and Dr. Krishna involved in it. So, um, and then Dr. Basar just does trauma over at Banner. So we really got a good medical community who who usually don't work closely together, but they were all saying, we need to work together on this issue. They all had the same frustrations and the same um, goals in mind. And, and and it's been a great collaboration, like she said. And to hear the, that group of people in a room is sort of, you know, what, what up, when do you have the opportunity in a small group to sort of really, you know, in quotes, pick their brain <laughs> and, and sort of, you know, listen ideas about what can we do to sort of, you know, better serve, um, you know, or assist with what they're doing, mm-hmm. which is raise, you know, raise awareness, um, you know, a lot, uh, you know, enable them to, to treat patients or, or provide a way for treat for patients to find them um, and help them with screening tools and all a host of other things. And the resources it, for when they're done with those patients, they leave their, right. their services, they now feel comfortable that they have another connection because a lot of the services that the Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona provides is lifetime so it's helping the the kids get through school. It's helping them get into college. It's helping them find jobs. It's helping. It's like a lifetime support, um, and their services are free. So this is a, a connection that everyone should take advantage of if the if the need is there. Yeah, I think I think for me that was one of the most striking things that that I learned at the very first advisory council meeting that I went to was was just how much was available, but that most of the doctors who were treating these patients didn't even realize everything that the Brain Injury Alliance did and weren't making the referrals mm-hmm. that they should have been making because they just didn't know that, that that those services existed. Absolutely. I think we helped break down the bureaucratic walls in organizations because a lot of these organizations and a lot of nonprofits are very bureaucratic in some ways. And I think we brought it to a different level and, and, and opened it up and said, no, we're, we we need to make change. How are we going to do it? And we just kind of go in that direction and, 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 and be a collaboration. And so mm-hmm. Dina, you might explain ex- essentially like, cause I think you're, you're better versed in this, but you know, the brain Alliance has existed for how, how 30, over 35 years, 37, 38 years. Yeah. 30, 38 years, but they were funded by the governor's office. And so there was some really strict, there were some restrictions on how these monies were spent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when Dina Baldwin came in, along with Carrie, who's been amazing, they really looked at ways to sort of maximize like what the dollars they had, but also reach out to, to, you know, garner other dollars, which would then allow them to reach out to the community and, and create these really important collaborations. Absolutely. So so that's an important piece. Well, like we talked about veterans, that was a piece that was hugely underfunded and under um, realized in, in our state, <clears throat> but the state grant that the uh, Brain Injury Alliance receives did not give them extra monies to help in that area. And so um, Dina um, helped me put on a gala last year and it was hugely successful and we focused it around veterans. And immediately after the gala, they hired a um, veterans navigator to to be a staff person on the Brain Injury Alliance staff. And now that person has created a volunteer of peer veteran volunteers to help. And their first um, client was a a female veteran 
who was lived in a beautiful house who had water damage, so she was living in her car. And so the staff person at the Brain Injury Alliance helped that person navigate her insurance, the, the damage of the water, the, um, the contractors, the, everything that was entailed. You know, it was almost like coming in as a project manager, helping her because her brain from trauma that she had received and PTSD she had received didn't allow her to make all the connections she needed to make. So she had this beautiful home that was living in her car and couldn't fix the damage that was being in, in front of her. And so that was our first case. And it was obviously successful. And, 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 and that's what this is about. Yeah, I think that, you know, that that sort of thing gets missed an awful lot. And that actually reminds me that I do have one other connection uh, with brain injury. And that was with a, a business dealing that I was that I was going through in, in acquiring a, a practice from another financial planner who did have a traumatic brain injury from a from a bike accident years prior. And to see what that brain injury had done for his practice and to his clients, not by any fault of his own, just because he didn't quite know how to push things over the finish line was essentially what it was. When I, when I walked in there, you know, I'm talking to clients who said we had the same conversation with him five different times. I've signed that that form five different times and I find unfinished applications and forms on his desk because he just, he just couldn't finish. Absolutely. You know, and so it, it was it was a it was a difficult thing for the clients to fully understand. And I, you know, luckily I was brought in to kind of help clean that up. But, you know, you see it, you feel for him. It wasn't really anything that he wasn't doing, but he wasn't getting the care that he needed and he wasn't getting the the support that he needed to get those things kind of finished. Absolutely. Absolutely. You bring up a really good point because it's it's sort of there's this, there is a stigma attached. Uh, unfortunately, to brain um, injury um, and injury or trauma, and which can affect the, your daily functioning. So for him, he may or may not have even been aware of what he was not or was not finishing. And his clients may or may not have been educated about the fact that he had had this brain injury. So it could have looked like other things, could have looked like, you know, he wasn't paying attention or, or you know, he had other things on his mind, but not that it was an actual, you know, real process that had been interrupted. And so many times, you know, because it's not immediately apparent from someone's visage that there's, you know, been some injury or insult to the brain. So it's really hard for someone to explain, you know, look, I have either suffered through a trauma, PTSD, had a brain injury, and then what that entails. And people just, so the education piece is kind of lacking to some degree, which is what we're working on. And it's hard for that person to try to explain. And people, you know, are sometimes skeptical. So what we hope to do is sort of, you know, um, bring this to the table and in a way that people really understand and are educated about what it means to have a brain injury, brain trauma, what that can mean, how that translates into everyday life. Like you just talked about, Austin, the, the day-to-day business, you know, what can happen in a, in a business day-to-day, you know, and so I think that was, that's an excellent example, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the things that we're really trying, trying, we have been trying to do. And when you look at kids who have issues brain issues. People like to say, you know, that child's like acting out or, you know, they're the kid that needs, you know, they're the, the issue. And it's actually, it's their, it's their brain. That's not, that, that, you know, there's a little bit of um, a challenge that can be addressed, but, you know, the one's first um, often judgment is that it's a fault of the person yeah. who has the injury rather than, Hey, it's an injury. If I show up with a broken arm or leg, you say, well, she's got a broken arm or a broken leg, right. but how can you see what, what's in my brain? 
Yeah. My daughter I, um, fell. Um, she she got a concussion in cheerleading. She was a flyer. And she had she graduated with a 4.8 GPA. So it's very bright, bright, very bright. It takes after her dad. But <laughs> the day after her um, fall, she took her AP test and bombed it. Just bombed it. And she knew she, she was having fog brain. She just uh, couldn't. But she was embarrassed to tell anybody. Even though there's concussion pro- protocols and stuff in the schools, it like Dina said, there is such a stigma. And that is one of the number one things we're trying to do is remove that. Yeah. Yeah. We learned that the hard way ourselves with the ACT. My daughter took that in the middle of this concussion thing and she actually did fine. It makes you wonder what she could have, <laughs> what she could have scored without the, uh, the brain injury. But, you know, a little earlier, Dina Shack and I said uh, that everybody has a brain. We're going to put that to the test. Landon? <laughs> <laughs> Ball fail. This is, this is like the Wizard of Oz, Landon. <laughs> the second he, the second the, the words started coming out of his mouth, I knew where that was going. Hey, you know, honestly, I, I am happy to be sitting here in silence and giving my time over to these incredible women. So I, I am more than happy to do very little talking and to have them do a lot of talking because what they have to say is... Uh, a lot more important important than the input that I can provide. So I do have a follow-up question, though. So you ladies mentioned um, the nonprofit, not the advisory council, but the nonprofit is about 30, 38 years old. So talk to us a little bit about how this advisory council is helping to kind of um, accelerate you know, the growth of the nonprofit that uh, that you're involved with? Absolutely. I think um, we are 33 members strong now, and we have industries from attorneys, construction, financial, Honeywell. I mean, we have a lot of um, not just the medical community backing this and, and coming around the table. We have child psychologists. I mean, it's just um, physical therapists. I just can name off so many. Um, the Phoenix Fire Department now is uh, is part- participating, and that has opened up more doors because now we train. We do a lot of training with police officers. As you can imagine, if someone has a, a, a brain injury, a brain trauma, and they're driving, um, if they get pulled over by a cop, they might act differently when the stress level accelerates from being pulled over that cop might recognize them as being belligerent or something that is not really their fault because it is the chemicals that's going on in the brain at the time. So we're helping cops um, and police officers recognize brain injuries and brain traumas. And same as the brain injury survivors, we're teaching them how to interact with cops, give them cards right away when they're getting pulled over that identify themselves as having a brain injury. So um, there's a lot of uh, dynamics and, and doors that are opening with the collaborations that we're seeing, a lot of social media going on. Um, right now, we've broken up into five pods, and the first two pods have um, said that we want to be part of a social media campaign where we're, get, we're going to be videoed and we are going to tell our stories or our successes or give you our uh, research that we've come up with. And we're going to do videos and, and get those out on social media on behalf of the Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona. So their stories are going to be told for the organization. And, and it just opens up all of their audiences to this organization. And I think also, Austin, you started out uh, talking about your daughter. And I think that's a, it's such an important piece of all of this. And I've had many friends who have sons and daughters on sports teams. And, um, you know, one in particular uh, recently 
a 13 year old who'd probably had three con- three concussions to date, you know, at 13. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue. And so, and one of our goals is to sort of work with schools and, um, you know, school psychologists and athletic coaches to sort of help them, you know, understand like, you know, how to spot a brain injury, um, a concussion, and then the follow-up for that, because that's something that, you know, has, is although it's it's there, it's sort of like, well, what do you do with that when you when you uh, recognize it and and making sure to recognize it is very important. But I think you started out with that really important piece. And if you look, if you take that forward and you look at you know professional players, everyone sort of knows. Well, you know, after a certain number of years playing on the field, whether it be hockey or or football, you know that, that there's been attention given to the uh, injuries and repeated insults to the brain. What can happen? to those, you know, individuals, but what can happen to kids is, is, you know, as, a, you know, well, in my, extraordinarily important. So that's really an area I think that we, um, we will be invested in and are very interested in pursuing. Absolutely. When we hear it was just a concussion, which you hear a lot from parents and from coaches and it, it just makes my skin crawl because we have so many connections going to the brain. And when you have a c- concussion, it alters those connections. And when you alter your connections, you're not the same. You might still live a productive life and be normal, but it's not the same. And every time you get another concussion, it can get worse. And so it's something that we don't want to to call just a concussion. That's another thing with the stigma. That was another thing is to remove that. It's just a concussion mentality. Right. right. And give it, give it the, give it the gravitas it deserves. And there are certain things that one can do after concussion that can actually help to heal and restore the brain. Absolutely. But, and be that, that information, it needs to be available, readily available, immediately available, right. To coaches, to parents, to, to kids, so that there's something that they can actually, an action step that they can take. Right. So and- that they know that there is something to do. Um, because the brain is very malleable, as you've probably, you know, been uh, known and been, been told. But it's a really important piece of information that sometimes gets lost, you know, in um, along the way. Yes. So and that, thinking of different. the thinking of the Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona as the first place to go to is it is instrumental. I mean, that's what's going to be critical is for people to know that it's out there. The organization's there. That they're there for everybody, and they can really point you in the right direction um, and help you along whatever path you're going to. Yeah, I, so I will say that uh, the school did a phenomenal job, I thought, of, of recognizing what was going on. Um, the coach, you know, pulled her immediately when when she saw different uh, reactions to, you know, hitting the water the way that she did. The athletic director got involved and said, you know, we've got to go through this protocol. And they went through the protocol and, and the I forget who it was exactly, but whoever they went to, you know, probably the te- the uh, school's doctor or whatever said, you know what, this is, I know it's a concussion, but it's beyond my understanding of what the therapies should be. And so he referred it out. So I think they really did uh, a good job. It is getting more attention now, specifically yeah. because of the NFL and, you know, all those types of things that have gone on in, in pro sports. And unfortunately, the suicides and you know, where, where they've started to study the brain a little bit more. So I, I think they are getting better. But, you know, I, I'm sad to say that I even got through two to two concussions. I'm on the advisory council for crying out loud before I thought, oh, I guess I 
probably should get the concussion information from Rain Injury Alliance and, you know, see what, what type of uh, services my daughter should be taking, you know, taking part of at, at the Brain Injury Alliance. So even as an advisory council member, I didn't think about what was available to her because it was just a concussion. Right? Absolutely. So it, it's unfortunate that even I think that way as, as somebody who's on the advisory council, but. Well, but fortunate though that you're on the advisory council and you speak from personal experience. And so anyone who's listening to this podcast today can take away, well, wow, there's something that they can do. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, even though through that sort of difficulty now, there's something very positive that can come from it, which is how we hope to, which is why the collaboration has been working. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Agreed. So you, know, you might want to talk about where, where the brain Alliance was when you came on and then sort of how the advisory council sort of, um, uh, really had an impact on the fundraising and sort of the awareness because I think you were in, you were extraordinarily instrumental in that. Well, I think you hit on it. It was really dependent on state funding, and when you were just depending on either one stream of funding, whether it be the state, federal, or one donor, a lot of nonprofits are relying on one big donor. Then you really are pigeonholed. You're put into a position where you can only provide the services that they allow you to provide. And so when we recognize that veterans were, were not being, you know, addressed or suicide, you know, is a big topic we're talking about now. Um, we have the capability now as an advisory council to say, this is an area we should go into. And now that we're opening up our doors and we're, we're bringing about more awareness, we're also bringing about more money. And when you can bring in more money to an organization, that obviously can it can can grow leaps and bounds. But what I always say is a lot of nonprofits and a lot of uh, people starting off their new businesses feel like, oh, they want to see the money, want to see the money. And it's like going on a first date and and proposing marriage on the first date. You know, it, it takes two to three years, <laughs> you know, to really get to that commitment usually. And so, and that's the way we kind of use this philosophy with the advisory council. And, the, and Carrie Collins-Fidel, the executive director, has really trusted the process. And she's a forward-thinking executive who really trusts the process, trusts the organization. And we have seen now doors open, money come in that they have never received before from people they've never received before, just because we've created a process that was that she trusted. And I think that that's been instrumental. I mean, I think the advisory council really does point us in the right direction on what we should be focusing on, how we should be focusing on it, and 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 the money follows. And kudos to the governor's office, obviously, for Absolutely. funding this in Arizona, undoubtedly, for the last, I think, is it 35 years? I don't, is 35? Pretty close, yeah. It's over, they're over 35 years old. Yeah, so, so kudos to the governor's office for, for implementing this and sticking with it all this time. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, I could be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like I heard in one of the advisory council meetings that we had that the funding is the same, though, today as what it was 35 years ago, right? There hasn't been an increase over... I think over, I know the last eight years or 10 years, it, it, there, yeah, the funding has not changed. And so that has been a struggle because now we're doing such a great job getting the word out, the needs are growing. And so, unfortunately... Um, that that has not grown. Yeah. That's well, why we have business advice. That's why yeah. there's the business advisors on this council to point yeah. out inflation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Good point. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's on our agenda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the the governor's council have have recognized that the advisory council is a big piece of this organization now and they have found other monies and other grants that they've pointed us in the direction to because now they trust 
the organization in a way that they see it, it opening up way beyond what they used to originally help with. So, and yeah. recently they got an opioid grant um, through Mercy Care, and that was huge. And, and when you think of the drug addictions and that, I never thought of drugs in the brain as far as when people overdose, a lot of times they have a brain injury or brain trauma to the brain because of the lack of oxygen that gets to the brain. Well, we are excited when people survive a drug overdose, but the things that they have to live with for the rest of their life is something that the Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona is helping them through. And that, and so that's another piece of, that the, that's a new um, new thing that they've been able to focus on. Yeah, I and I think also I think Austin, you brought it up. I mean, I think brain injury and brain trauma sometimes people after at the aftermath of that may lead them to self medicate mm-hmm. with drugs or alcohol or some substance they may not otherwise have been you know uh, prone to do because there's sort of this gap about you know not feeling quite right but not knowing what to do about it. So self medicating is actually like let's call it a side effect of the uh, you know or a consequence of the of the initial brain injury, yeah. which is as Cena pointed out, an important piece that the, the Brain Injury Alliance has really taken on. Yeah. So lots of things to still discuss, many things that I still want to ask and, and talk about. But let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll come back and, and talk a little bit more about uh, this important topic. Whether you're an established local company or a brand new startup, you can count on GBS to be part of your family. We're not just any benefits consulting firm, we're GBS. We have nearly 30 years of experience in group benefits, a strong sense of purpose, and it shows. GBS, believe in something better. GBSbenefits.com. All right, tycoons, welcome back to Tycoons of Small Biz. Today we have Dina and Dina with the Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona in, uh, well, one of them's in studio, one of them's coming from uh, her very posh living room. So we're excited to have them both here and uh, and talking to us about this important topic. So just before the break, we were we were talking a little bit about, you know, the advisory council and fundraising and, and you know, the different things that are going on with you know, the governor and the state of Arizona that that's helping with funding, but, you know, what are we specifically doing or what can the advisory council or those listeners do specifically to help raise awareness and then ultimately help with fundraising for, for the uh, Brain Injury Alliance? Yeah, I think there's a lot of committees that the organization has that you can join that for different topics. I mean, there's a violence against women, there's um, a foster community, there's, I mean, there's, so there's a lot of different um areas that you can uh, focus that you can participate in. The advisory council, if you're a CEO or you're a leader in your company and you really want to make a difference and be part of this advisory council, then you can contact me and I will meet with you and um, we'll see if we can get you on the advisory council because I think growing that is going to be um, as as much as we can grow it and, and it to be strong and to be healthy, then um, it, that's where we'll make the difference. Yeah, I agree. And I- Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Dina. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I, I agree with that that approach. I mean, obviously, as a, as a small business owner, I, I have a personal connection to what's going on here. But, you know, just just maybe uh, two weeks ago, I had a meeting with my Vistage group and we had a we had a guest speaker come in that talked about toxic stress and different mm-hmm. things that, you know, that we can do as business owners, CEOs, founders, executives, whatever it is to be able to deal with our own toxic stress that can ultimately 
in my opinion, lead to an actual brain injury or self-medicating that will lead to a brain injury, you know, whatever it is, it's very common. He kind of listed 10 things in this presentation that he had on a PowerPoint. And he said, you know, don't, don't raise your hand, don't, you know, make it obvious, but start to count on your hand how many of these things apply to you in your life. And, you know, he's, it's, it's 10 things, you know, where, you know, pretty common with business owners, whether it's, you know, affairs or self-medication or addiction in certain areas, you know, all these different types of things that you kind of think of. Um, and, you know, it, it amazes you. you think that you're doing pretty well. And then you start to tick off the boxes on those on those mm-hmm. slides and you think, oh, my gosh, there are a lot of things that I need to do to kind of rein this in so that I don't ultimately become somebody who has a brain injury or, you know, steps to that, to that next level. And so, you know, I think as business owners, we, even if we don't have a connection to it specifically, we have a responsibility to ourselves and our employees to get involved in something to help them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the brain injury Alliance, Dina Baldwin mentioned it a little earlier that there are some things that Members of the Brain Injury Alliance can come in and do guest speaking opportunities, different things like that to get the word out so that people know what's out there and the resources that are out there and and why they should want to be aware of them. Absolutely. And there's also um, events throughout the year that they can participate in. They can get their staff participated in a walk that takes place in March. Uh, I know um, it's probably going to be virtual again this year. Um, there's, if you join up on the BIAAZ is their website, um, .org, but if you go on to their social media pages, the Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona social media pages, they have a lot, I mean, more than any organization that I've ever seen of, um, talks and topics on suicide, veterans, COVID, um, mental health, concussions. I mean, they have special, um, speakers all the time that provide, um, speaking opportunities, um, for us to listen to. And, 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 and I take, I would take advantage of that. Um, and then also if your company also, um, does corporate giving, or you have a foundation at your company, reach out to us because those are the um, monies that we are not getting right now. And I know there's a lot of companies that give to organizations throughout the year. And if we can get on their radar, that would be very special. Yeah. And I think we also have something to, important to offer. So Austin, you brought up this, this presentation that you were at. So, you know, if the brain is under a, pro, a period of stress for a prolonged period of time, and you've listed some of the, the issues, a trauma to the brain, you know, people think of trauma, you know, as something, you know, cataclysmic, but a trauma is a time when you feel powerless um, to, you know, and you feel if some sense of danger or, or you know, uh, immediate danger to yourself or to others, some survivalist, you know, uh, mentality kicks in. It could be financial, it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be a lot of things. So when that happens and you feel powerless in this moment to exact change, that's considered a trauma, a small trauma, but a trauma nonetheless. So if you start to you know, have those small traumas day to day to day to day and they start to build up, actually over time, the structure of your brain can actually change. So, um, so your neural pathways will actually change. So it's what you've said is really important. And one of the things that can happen to combat that or to you know, ameliorate the effects of that is brain health. So when we talk about, you know, well, what's good, um, you know, cardiac health, you know, what will people tell you, you know, you eat certain foods, you get this kind of exercise I mean, there's certain things that people do. 
So brain health is something that's really important and that we've really focused on. Well, what is good brain health? I mean, what can people do every day? I mean, if I said, hey, everyone, would you like to have you know a better brain, a sharper brain, process information more quickly, retain more information, you know, operate more efficiently? I mean, who, who would say no? But <laughs> practicing good brain health can actually, actually, you will see the results that I've just discussed. So, I mean, how can we bring value to the table for small businesses, for everyone, actually? But how can we improve and offer programs? And Dina will talk about an app that we're developing to help people actually understand what are the components of brain health, the SV, you know, vitamins, exercise, stress, how to reduce stress, meditative techniques, all those things. That if, if one can practice, then one can achieve good brain health and certainly ameliorate, minimize the effects of some of the stressors that you just talked about. And when that happens, then productivity for you know biz, small business owners, employees, it increases, right? right. So we want to bring, we want to be value added for you and for the entire community. So Dina, maybe you can talk about- um, I was thinking that that also. Dr. Um, Adelson, who's chairing the Brain Health Advisory Council this year, and Scott Palumbo, um, he's a trial attorney. He um, chaired it our first year. They really had a passion toward um, having the Brain Injury Alliance create an app because they felt like creating an app is something that is tangible and people are really utilizing now on their phone and it can get them to a place of brain health by either offering nutrition, um, diet um, information, or like Dr. Adelson was saying, you know, learning a new instrument or new, learning a new language can really help your brain health. Mm-hmm. And so that app can have a link to those resources that are, um, if, and we're going to start creating partnerships with um, places that we can really partner in and send the link um, and links to. So I think that app is going to be a critical thing that we're probably going to launch hopefully um, in January or February of 2021 is what we're looking to. Absolutely. And fueled by, like I said, a veritable, you know, brain trust of, of, you know, talent here in Mm -hmm. Arizona. When you sort of look at all, I mean, Austin, you must've felt that when you looked at them in the room and thought, wow, look at their CVs and their, their, their collective experience. Like what, what do we have here? This is a treasure. So having the benefit of all the input from them and sort of, you know, allowing us, you know, how to construct this app and the things that we need to include are, we have them right here. Right. And it's a big brainchild for Dina as well. And um, we can call you Dr. Dina because she's the doctorate in, in, of the Dinas. And, uh, and, so, and so, but she really has been pushing for this app as well. And I want to give an exclusive shout out to her because it's the first time we're um, giving it uh, over the air or announcing that she's going to be the 2021 Brain Health Advisory Council chair. So she's going to follow Dr. Allison and, St- and Scott Palumbo's footsteps. So Big shoes to fill. And I would say that there was a joint, uh, the brain app was a joint venture between Dean and Dina, a joint collective and Dr. Adelson. It was all of us, but uh, thank you. Um, I look forward to trying to fill those big shoes. There's a lot, <laughs> but I will do my best job. Well, you know, I think you, you and I have never met face to face due to COVID and the fact that we've had these advisory council meetings online for, for a while now. But, you know, I think that it's clear that what you bring to the table for the advisory council is is very, very important. You know, I, I look around the room, you mentioned it, you had all these small, smart people here, the doctors, the neuroscientists, all these people, and then there's me, right? I mean, it's like, wait a minute, why, why is Austin here? But no, I mean, I, I joke, but we, you know, we, I think that what you're going to bring to the table going forward is going to be extremely important. And I'm excited for uh, that exclusive. You heard it first here on Tycoons of Small Biz. 
we're excited <laughs> to uh, to hear what 2021 uh, holds in store for the advisory council. Well, we're excited to present it. You know, <laughs> we will have an up-to-date live, you know, uh, firsthand account as soon as the news hot off the press. All the news that's fit to print, Austin. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. Whatever's not fit to print is here. <laughs> that's, a, that's from the New York Times. That's sort of, an old, I don't know if that, that sort of little, you know, max that they have on the top, but uh, yeah. Yeah, right. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I think that uh, for me, and it's been, gosh, you know, it's hard to keep track of time, honestly, with COVID. I, I, I have a classic car. Dina saw it in the parking lot. and I, It's a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> a what cart? It's a golf cart. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, a, it's a Mini Cooper. It's a 1976 Mini Cooper, like the one Austin Powers drove in the... Really? It's awesome. In the movies. But, um, it, wow. you know, it, it was in the shop having the engine rebuilt. And with COVID, it took a while to get all the parts back, right? Right. And... When I picked it up and he hands me the invoice and it says the date in and the date out, and you realize that it was in the shop for one year and two days. Wow. You know, it just kind of brings to to the forefront. We kind of lose track of time with Absolutely. with COVID. You know, we've been inside, we've been out, you know, we've been inside again. We're not sure, you know, what what the future holds and and it's really kind of messed with everybody's timeline. Absolutely. Time displacement, a little bit of time displacement. Yeah. When you and said picked happen. up and hand you the invoice, I thought he was handing you the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that small, Dina. Right. If you want right. to try to pick it up when we get out in the it's parking not, lot. It's not like a big car you can roll on the table. Okay. I drive little. a Suburban. So. Yeah, that's right. But, I, but, I, did, I did pull into the parking lot. I saw this big red <laughs> Suburban and I thought, you know what? I'll bet you that's Dina, and it was. <laughs> yeah, go big. <laughs> exactly. You know, one of the things you brought up I think is really important, Austin, is that, you know, you, we now see people walking around in restaurants and at the grocery store or wherever with masks. At the airport, I was, um, I was at the airport, and I saw someone wearing, you know, sort of a hoodie and glasses and a mask. So unrecognizable features. Now, last year, had that happened, I mean, what, what would security have done? Right. I mean, literally like a tall, hooded, masked person. So things have changed dramatically. That now is de rigueur. That's accepted. That's typical. That's what we need to do. But what a change, right, from from the year prior. So people are looking at this world like it's a little bit upside down. And it's sometimes there's a little cognitive dissonance, right? Sort of what we think should happen and what is going on are two different things. So what you just described is what you said is, hey, it's been a year and two days. And so that in and of itself has an impact. And we don't realize it because it's, you know, it's not like a cut or a wound or a bruise that we can see, but it does have an impact on our brains Mm -hmm. and how we think about the world and our sense of safety in the world and security in the world, right? And our our fears, our concerns, all those things you've talked about um, or or you kind of, that, that kind of culminate sometimes in a list. So I think it's really important um, and you bring it back around to, well, how can we then um, make sure to build this platform of brain health and address some of those issues so that people feel a little bit more stable, secure, and and confident in a world that is a little sideways at present? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about this already, but, you know, but you said everybody has a brain. We did verify that. We, we heard from Brandon. <laughs> 
He spoke. Bandit has a brain. <laughs> Scarecrow. We know he did. <laughs> he, he spoke kind of coherently, right? So we, we did follow his uh, his line of logic. But the, the reality is it's it's really not necessarily just about brain injury. It's brain health, right? right and right. everybody needs to be doing something with brain health to make themselves healthier, you know, healthier from a brain standpoint, whether that's meditating on a regular basis or doing yoga or doing, doing, you know, even breathing exercises, just something to slow things down and give your brain a break. Right. And so specifically, what do you think that business owners should be taking away from this in terms of how they can engage with the Brain Injury Alliance? Yes, of course, and, and raising funds and potentially being involved with the advisory council. But what kind of advice would you give to a business owner today that has a staff of call it 30 to 2000 employees that they could incorporate to help their employees to have better brain health? So I think, I think having the discussion and I, and if I were to have my druthers, I would say, you know, creating a program for, for employees at, I mean, at, at any place of employment with, with resources. I mean that, so for many reasons that will improve employees productivity, but, but the fact that there is, there is a pro, there's a program available which which offers information and advice about diet, exercise, meditation, and maybe there's some the accommodations at work. You know, for for that sort of for time um, for uh, for the things I've just mentioned. And I also think that when one does that, it shows sort of a concern for the well being, the true well being and health of the employee, which then you know provides a sense of sort of there's a reciprocity involved other than just the exchange of work for, for, for money, but also like, you know, caring about a person as an individual and which then increases loyalty, increases productivity, and it's a win-win. So I think with the app that we're doing, you know, it's possible that at some point we tailor this app and are able to help businesses and say, hey, look, what, what do you need for your company, right? And then tailor an app that, that fulfills your needs. So you take this packaged app and say, we're going to, we're going to implement this with our own, you know, specific twist or whatever you need to do with it. And then you, it's a kind of a hit the ground running program for you. Um, I think probably insurance companies would look favorably upon it. You know, for if, if, if employers are offering insurance to their uh, employees, I think that's something that's come up in insurance plans. So I think there's a lot of benefit personally, from a physical health standpoint, and from also a bottom line business standpoint. So we hope to be able to provide or really winnow down an excellent brain health program that can then be transported to other places that, you know, would benefit from such a thing, like small business. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can jump jump in real quick, I, I love what you're saying there. I think, especially in these times, I feel like that is so incredibly relevant especially with you know the uh the world that we've all been been living in this year and the challenges that it has presented to all of us that were very unexpected i'll say um so it sounds like what what you ladies are in the advisory council are doing is just so timely you've said a couple times throughout this conversation that uh there's kind of this this stigma around brain injuries and brain issues. And I I think that that is a result of a lack of education. You know, I, I, I just, I've had, I mean, as as we're having this conversation, I, I, I have at least half a dozen things that have come to mind. And, And one of the things that came to mind is someone 
near and dear to our family lost a young son to a uh, a, a head injury. And uh, so they have been dealing with that the last year. And then their eldest daughter now has has a new issue, which they believe has something to do with severe PTSD and is dealing with some very severe mental health issues for herself. And so as we, you know, uh, talk with this family, I mean, it's because my wife and I, you know, we, we aren't educated around this topic. So as we, as we hear them express the issues and the concerns that they're dealing with, uh, you know, we just sit there and just try to say what we, we can say to help ease their concerns. But I just feel like everybody in the country, probably everybody in the world knows at least one person that deals with some kind of pain issue. So I, I think what you're doing is just so timely and, and relevant and wonderful. And maybe a suggestion, and we can talk more about this offline, but uh, maybe a, a suggestion would be, you know, let's have you you ladies come on, you know, once a quarter and just continue to educate us and our listeners around, you know, this this topic and, and hopefully in an effort to help move your uh, efforts, you know, forward. So that's just a thought that, that came to me as we're having this conversation. But uh, as we're bumping up against time. I, I think this has been a wonderful conversation and we'd love to just hear any closing, you know, thoughts you'd like to share with us and our listeners uh, as we kind of wrap up this conversation. Yeah, I would say thank you, Landon, for sharing that. And it's not that it's uncommon. It's just not talked about. And I always say my grandma died in the late 70s of breast cancer because and she would not tell anybody she had breast cancer. And now you wear pink and you it's a badge of honor. And, you know, it's and, and that's where we want to get with brain injuries and brain traumas. I know so many people who've had um, cancer of the brain stem or concussions and, and they will say, oh, I'm not a brain injury survivor but they're dealing with so many issues from that um, incident. And so, and there is help and there is hope and um, there is brain health activities that you can do too. Because we, what we've learned is that the brain is malleable. And now that we know that it's malleable, we know that it can be fixed and we can, it can change. And so, and that's promise. So, so Landon, I'd also like to thank you for those examples. They are very close to my uh, personal experience. But I would also say that it would be great to brainstorm with the two of you about, you know, what what we could create with your input vis a vis a program that can be transplanted to other small businesses, uh, specifically directed towards brain health. So whether it's on site, whether it's an app, so maybe we can have that conversation. But um, really valuable today. So I've learned a lot from you two, and thank you so much for having me and. Dina, um, on this, uh, this program. I've learned a lot uh, today and really look forward to working with you in the future very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I've definitely enjoyed the, uh, the conversation with, well, I'm going to call you guys the dynamic Dinas from now on. <laughs> it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's been a lot of fun, but we're talking about a topic that's super important. It, it's near and dear to all of us for different reasons. And I actually, Landon and I have talked about the situation that he mentioned. And so I'm, I'm aware of that, that uh, I don't know the family personally, but we've talked about it. And uh, it, it's a tragic situation. But the, the reality is, and, and Dina Baldwin just said it, 
everybody knows somebody. And Landon mentioned this too, right? Um, but the reality is, like Dina Shackney said at the beginning, all of us have brains. And so we all need to be doing something around brain health. Let's get it talked about more often. Let's get the resources out there so that everybody knows that that's what's available and they're able to tap into it. And and the biggest thing that we've got to overcome is this is this stigma, right? And we talked about it earlier that if somebody, if a veteran, for example, and we're going to have a veteran-owned business on next week, we're excited about that for Veterans Day. But um, if a veteran comes home from war and they've lost a limb, you see that injury, right? right. But if a veteran comes home from war completely whole physically, you have no idea what's going on inside of their brain, what they saw, what they dealt with. And so it's it's just really hard to to know what's going on inside of somebody else's brain, right? And so I think that that is a big reminder for all of us that we need to just, we need to be better at not judging, first of all. We need to understand the importance of brain health and do what we can to take care of our own brains and then also help others who suffer from potentially really harmful brain injuries. Well said. Very well said. Mm. So we, we appreciate it. I'm going to give Dina Baldwin the last word. Just tell us where to, to find Brain Injury Alliance on social media and, uh, and website. Yeah, you can go to BIAAZ.org or you can find the Brain Injury Alliance on there on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the social media sites. And um, I think it's, it's a resource that you will always want to know about because you're going to need them at some point in your life and or someone you know will. And I think it's to, to be able to refer them to the Brain Injury Alliance for free resources is invaluable. It's the biggest gift you can give somebody. Amen. We're and getting into that gift-giving season. And ideas. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We are, welcome. we are certainly welcome for anyone with creativity, yeah. with ideas, or with a, with a willingness um, to, to participate yes. in this with us. And you so, can reach out to me as well. It's gobigusa.com if you have any questions or, or want to get involved. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun, and, and we do look forward to having you guys back and, and giving us an update on the app and, and where we go from here. So thank you very much. Thank you. We look thank forward you. to being back. Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, proudly hosted by Austin Peterson and Landon Mance. Austin and Landon are comprehensive financial planning professionals specializing in financial, estate, and succession planning for small business owners. Austin and Landon have offices in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Las Vegas, Nevada, and represent clients in 14 states throughout the country. Join Austin, Landon, and the Featured Tycoons live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. right here on Business Radio X and your favorite podcast platform.